Coming up on the Shelley Irwin Show podcast today, it's voting day in Michigan. AARP Michigan's Melissa Seifert encourages you to exercise your right. It's Heart Month, and today guests from Holland Hospital join in to share the story of a patient. We continue the theme of Heart Month with the American Heart Association West Michigan as it commemorates its centennial year. And musician Joseph Cordora joins in to talk about his band's new single. It's voting day in Michigan. We're on the map. AARP Michigan's Melissa Seifert, Seifert on the line, on the, on the, in the House, reminding us of this day to exercise a right to vote to shape the democratic process. I practiced your last name 15 times, and it got me. Melissa, good morning to you. Good morning. Appreciate you and the work that AARP does. What does AARP do in general? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a membership organization with over 1.3 million members across the state. Uh, I am with you here as Government Affairs, so one of the largest lobbying organizations here in this great state of Michigan, uh, really advocating for members uh, 50 plus, 50 and over, on all things health care, making sure that you're living your life the way you want to live, retirement, um, and caregiving, and social security, and voter engagement education. That's why we're here today. Why does AARP Michigan care about voting? You know, in the last election in 2022, 61% of the voters were over the age of 50, and candidates cannot afford to overlook the power of this voting segment. Uh, We sway elections, and we shape the political landscape. And, you know, and that's why we're here today to talk about our major issues that we're hoping that candidates will start addressing, which is Social Security and caregiving resources. Still staying high in the sky. Why is it important to exercise our right to to vote? It's your it's your it's your civil duty. You know, everybody has this opportunity to choose who they want to represent them in this great state of Michigan. And if you don't do it, you know, that's on you. You can't really go back and say, I'm disappointed in what how they voted on X, Y, and Z. This is your chance to use your voice and do your civic duty and make sure that you're going to the polls today and voting for who you want to be president. Yes, because you're right. This is the time and then we do it again, as they say. Have there been uh, election law changes over the year? Yeah, there have. You know, we recently went through a huge election law changes that actually make it easier for people to vote. So we're looking at no reason absentees. Once you apply for an absentee ballot, you can get an absentee absentee ballot for the rest of the time that you want to vote. Um, if you choose to go to the polls, just don't submit your absentee ballot and go to the polls. It's that easy. Um, they really made it easier for drop boxes. So you can have a, a prepaid envelopes. There's drop boxes all along with your county clerk's offices. Um, and to find out where those are, are you can go to michigan.gov vote. So get her done either way. How does the military or say one is overseas, how do these ballots best work? Yeah, so military and overseas ballots must be postmarked by election day to be counted and must be received within six days following the election day. So hopefully you got yours in today um, that you can have that postmarked and be counted in this um, primary election. And back to the topic even of 
the term early voting I'm hearing more and more about. Yeah, absolutely. So we actually have early voting now available at your local city um, and township clerk's office um, at least nine days before the election. I think the important thing to say today is that if you have not voted yet absentee, you do have to go to your polling location. If you are not registered to vote, though, you can go to your county clerk's office today, register to vote, and vote in person. So please do that. So if one is listening, although uh, uh, I would think our listeners kind of know the deal but and says oh, I need to get with the program yeah. exercise my right right to vote there's a way to do it yeah and you tell friends families grandsons nephews whomever share this information wide so that we have a great primary vote here in Michigan yes and obviously the polls uh, we should know this just by listening to our morning edition open today Open today till 8 o'clock tonight, so make sure that you're there. If you're even there at 8 o'clock at night and there's a line, wait in that line. They have to get through that line before they close the polls. So even if you're there by 8 and there's a line, stay there. Get that vote in. Great. Back to, again, uh, uh, this primary election, your voice, voice matters. You said, again, how? what's the percentage of those over 50? 61% voted in the 2022 election that are over the age of 50. We're not getting any younger, are we? We're not getting younger. And that's why the issues that ARP is focusing on to make sure candidates respond to it are so important. We know that Social Security is able to pay out the next 10 years, but after that, it's cut by 20%. This is money that you put in. This is money that you have earned. So we're really encouraging the candidates to respond to that. And we also know that family caregivers are the backbone of our long-term care system. So making sure candidates are responding to resources and assistance for those family caregivers is important. Yes. That's uh, you opened with uh, the important uh, voting needs and obviously studying your candidate to see if he or she certainly um, uh, comes through. So Social Security, caregiving, what else is important to AARP? You know, we are hyper-focused on those issues, in particular this election cycle, but we're going to be keeping a a very uh, keen eye and and ear to what the candidates are saying as far as anything that regards retirement security, retirement security. Pocketbook issues are a key issue to a lot of our members this year. They're making hard choices. Pocketbook issues. Pocketbook issues. So those, you know, those financial security issues. Seniors are making really hard decisions about what that looks like for them. You know, gas prices have gone up and inflation, groceries, prescription drugs. You know, these are things that are really impacting a lot of our members. Um, And we had chatted briefly before this about the impact of the female vote this election cycle. And that's across the country. But even here in Michigan, really hyper-focusing on on what that wild card of the female vote could be. Because over 71% of these women have been caregivers. And 84% want more support for them. And 54% are concerned about their finances going into retirement. AARP does certainly the uh, the numbers. And what about the 50-year-old? The Talk to me about this kind of age group here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, these people are still working, most likely, still maybe have children at home. Um, and so they're really feeling those pocketbook issues, right? They're the ones that maybe have a kid in college, um, still hoping to work, looking at their retirement, maybe seeing their 401ks dropped over the last couple of years. So really hyper-focusing on these issues for retirement security is key for a lot of these members who are 50. And even for my generation, you know, I still have young kids at home and we're still really working on, you know, making sure we have a college savings account, but also paying our mortgage, getting groceries, making sure that Social Security will be there for us as well. 
they better be proud of their mom uh, talking <laughs> about this topic. Uh, of course, Mom Melissa Seifert with Correct. us. Thank you for UAARP uh, Michigan talking all things voting. What else falls under your leadership in the world of government affairs? Yeah, right now we are in the thick of our budget cycle, so making sure that we have um, uh, funding for home and community-based services so older adults can stay in their home. Uh, We're also looking at a mobile um, IRA-type program where small business employers can have a plug-and-play option to provide retirement savings for their employees, which we don't have right now. Um, So we're really focused, again, even locally on these major issues. Um, Also looking at caregiving resource centers so people can have best practices on how to care for mom and dad in their home or or how to save for caregiving because that's a very expensive component of it as well. AARP Michigan. Are there AARP Indianas? Is this a national? Uh, I mean, do you, you compare stats with other states? We sure do. We are across the country, um, also in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands and D.C. So 53 state offices. Maybe the next conference will be in the Virgin Islands. I'm do you hoping think? any day now or Puerto yes. Rico. Pick one. Oh, bring them, <laughs> bring them back to Lansing. That's where we need need to be. All right, back to our topic of voting day in Michigan. So it's uh, 9.15-ish today. Uh, We are right now, we are open until 8. If one has not registered, what's the action item? If you have not registered, go to your county clerk today and register to vote and vote in person. And why does AARP care? This is your civic duty. We need to have our voices heard. The impact of these decisions impact your pocketbook, impact your daily life. These candidates are really going to be an important aspect of of how we live our lives in the next four years. And we do this again in November? You betcha. So the next one is the August 6th is our state primary. And then November 5th is the general election where we actually vote for that that president and our members of Congress. Presidential year, but don't forget about August as well. What's my best resource, please, Melissa? Well, I have two for you. So any of the dates that we had just talked about, you can go to ARPMI.org slash vote. And then the Secretary of State's website is awesome for looking up your polling location and all that great stuff, Michigan.com gov slash vote. This is Seifert again, AARP Michigan, you in government affairs and sharing uh, your passion with us today. All right, go get them. Thank you. Thank you. Important month this is, not only a day to vote, but also a month to celebrate your heart and uh, well, be reminded that you only have one, take care of it. But uh, if there are issues, others will take care of you. Let's turn uh, to my next guest to talk about a heart attack survival story. We'll continue the conversation with those from American Heart Association, West Michigan, after this. Dan Janice on the line, former Holland Hospital patient. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning. Cody Hogerhide, appreciate you, exercise physiologist with Holland Hospital Cardiology and Vascular Services. Good morning to you, Cody. Good morning. Appreciate you. Let's get right into our conversation. This is an important month, as every month should be, when it comes to uh, the heart. A survival story, a road to recovery. Of course, both of you working together, and obviously our goal to discuss the importance of cardiovascular health and uh, provide some heart-healthy exercise tips near the end. Dan, let's be blunt. You recently experienced a dramatic heart attack. Share what happened. I did. Um, before I get into the story, I think it's very important to note that um, I had no symptoms prior to my heart attack. 
Um, currently, I'm still an active uh, exerciser. I walk every day with my wife. I try to eat right, and I watch my cholesterol, and yet I still had a heart attack. I experienced no shortness of breath. I had no fatigue. So it was really alarming to me and my family that I actually experienced this thing, but I can get right into it. Um, I'll try to make this long story short. I recently retired in June, and as I was working through the summer, just hanging out, having a great time, I heard on the radio that uh, West Ottawa was looking for school bus drivers. And I thought to myself, in the fall, winter, that might be something I want, want to do to kind of bide my time being retired. So I engaged in the program, and uh, I had no idea of the rigor that was involved. And uh, one important note is um, the West Ottawa school system started on August 30th, and two weeks prior to that date, all the school bus drivers had to go through CPR training, like a refresher course. Mm. And there was an outside entity that came in to the bus area, and they brought in about 15 or 20 dummies, and we all had to basically uh, practice our chest compressions on the dummies. So right now, I'd just like to set that on the corner of the desk, and I'll come back to that, and I can tell you the importance of that caveat. So anyway, um, the, school bus start, the school bus season started on August 30th, and basically, I had all the apartment runs, which means I had all the apartment complexes here in Holland. And as I was going back to school, I had 83 kids on board my bus, so it was a full bus. And I would basically take the kids back, and I'd get home around 8.30 in the morning, and i start a little project here or there, and I would await my next run in the afternoon. Well, on the day of September 14th, which is the day of my heart attack, like any other day, I got up, I did my, all my apart runs, got all the kids on board, and I parked the bus in the bus depot and came home. And I remember I, I exercised on that day. I had a sensible lunch. I watered some flowers on the deck. And uh, I got in my truck, and I started going back to work. And this was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And um, I remember when I was making a left-hand turn into the bus yard, that's mm. when I had my heart attack. And I have no recollection in terms of what happened. But I will share this. What I'm going to share with you is a second-party narrative, what was told to me what happened. <laughs> so as I entered the bus yard, I lost consciousness. I bounced off a couple cars. I ran through a retainment fence and right into a 15,000-gallon diesel tank that we used to refuel all the buses with. And thank God the tank was protected by these four-foot cement ballots. And um, my right foot was lodged on my accelerator puddle, and my back tires were just spinning with a blue cloud. The uh, garage mechanic at the bus depot saw what happened, ran out to my truck, reached in through my driver's side window, and shut off my ignition key. He shook my body, tried to get some responsiveness out of me, which he could not, opened up my truck door, pulled my lifeless body out of my truck and gave me CPR on the grass. Um, two other bus drivers ran over and also aided him in CPR. And another note worthwhile talking about is CPR, and this is why it's so important. To do CPR correctly, it's an exhausting exercise. 
And all three of them alternated giving me chest compressions until the ambulance arrived. And the ambulance arrived, hmm. and thank God for Holland EMTs. Right. They arrived on the site in four and a half minutes. And uh, at that point, I was told that they hit me with the paddles twice and uh, then got me into the, uh, the ambulance and got me back to Holland Hospital. And uh, three stents later, they uh, moved me to Meyer Heart Center, where basically I was unconscious for about almost two weeks. And I remember when they finally removed the, uh, the breathing tube from my throat, I asked my wife, I was conscious at that point, somewhat lucid. How long have I been here? And she told me eight days, and I just oh. couldn't believe it. Let me bring, if I may, for our time purposes, Dan, and I'm so glad that you're here to talk about your story. I want to bring you in, Cody. Obviously, uh, every story is unique, uh, and yet you've um, you've encountered these stories prior and perhaps will in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having Dan come in and him and I standing there and him telling me that exact story there, I didn't really know what to say to him. I, I was shocked. I mean, that's that's a lot for one person to go through, but to have the, the people around him that he had at the garage that had the knowledge that they had from the CPR training, um, it's awesome. I think everybody should know how to do CPR. I think that training should be available for everyone. Um, you never know when it's really going to come in handy. Yes. Let me have you uh, pretty much bring us up to speed, Dan, uh, if you would, with the the rest of your story. Yeah. So um, I basically was moved on to Mary Freebed at that point, and I basically had to learn how to walk again. Uh, I had atrophy so bad on my legs after laying in that bed for two weeks, I could barely move my legs. So I, I got back home on October 3rd. And I started on October 19th, I started rehab with Cody. And uh, I just feel fantastic. Um, I got my body back. I got my endurance back. Uh, I exercise every day. And one thing that I thought was really cool when I was going through cardiac rehab at Holland Hospital is they had these big screen TVs in there. And it basically was always talking or promoting about heart health. So a lot of things I learned about cardiovascular health came from Holland Hospital and in cardiac rehab just by these little factoids that were on the TV. So it's definitely benefited my life, uh, and it definitely has had a profound impact in everything I do today, that's for sure. Thank you. Dan, can you remind me what your age is? I am 63. However, I just turned 63, but I had my heart attack when I was 62. Great. It's a good age. Cody, how does regular exercise impact cardiovascular health? Um, regular exercise can do do a lot for you, uh, specific to cardiovascular health. Um, it can lower your resting heart rate, lower your blood pressure, uh, strengthen those heart muscles, uh, help move that blood more efficiently throughout your body, and it's all that together that's going to lower your risk for heart disease. Yes. Beyond exercise, what other lifestyle choices uh, do significantly influence cardiovascular health? Obviously, I'm looking at uh, prevention here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and every time anybody talks about heart health and exercise, it's always going to go with diet. Um, a heart-healthy diet is very important, uh, limiting those saturated fats, getting those fruits, those veggies, uh, and that along with quitting smoking and, or not starting smoking. Uh, it's another huge factor for heart disease. Yes. And I want to get into giving you a bit of a plug. I'll start with you, Cody. Holland Hospital, I mean, we, we 
classify you as a world-class facility. How did you impact Dan's positive outcome? Uh, I think we had everything here that we needed for him. Um, we got great cardiologists here. Uh, they fully support our program in cardiac rehab. Uh, we can work with anybody, wherever they're from, whatever their exercise starting point is. Start slow, work into everything. Uh, we got a variety of equipment here for whatever's more comfortable for anybody. Um, the knowledge that our staff has, any questions he has, we have answers for him. Yes. And, of course, uh, I'll ask you, Cody, the importance of learning CPR as a bystander. Yeah. Um, like I said, you never know when you're going to need something like that. I bet that guy in that garage had no idea Dan was going to come through that fence uh, the way he was. But I'm sure he really appreciated having that knowledge then, and I know Dan does too. Yes. <laughs> Dan, uh, talk to us uh, a couple follow-up questions with a couple minutes left. Uh, obviously, uh, again, I'm glad we're, we're speaking. What lifestyle changes have you made? You know, the only lifestyle change I've really made is um, I exercise even more than I did before. And uh, I'm really conscientious in terms of what I put in my mouth, which basically is saturated fat. When you look at the labels in any center grocery store in terms of what you buy, Saturated fat is in everything. So I'm really conscientious in terms of how much saturated fat I consume. And uh, basically, I just, like I said before, I, I just feel fantastic. And uh, yeah, things are going well. I really watch my diet and do a lot of exercise, that's for sure. Great. And obviously, can you tout, uh, uh, well, obviously, a uh, respect to Holland Hospital's uh, facility? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I don't want to encourage anybody to have a heart attack, but I guess if you are going to have one, I would definitely have one in West Michigan because, like I said, uh, the, the collaboration between Holland Hospital, Corwell Health, or I should say Meyer Heart Center, Mary Freebed, and back to cardiac rehab was just outstanding. Uh, they took such good care of me, and uh, I can't thank them enough. And I thank the Lord above every day. Thank you. Appreciate you. And, of course, uh, uh, are you still driving a school bus? Uh, no, I am not. Uh, you know, I'll be very honest with you. Um, my old boss definitely wanted me to return, and I really enjoyed driving the school bus. Uh, the people there were just outstanding at West Ottawa. However, because I had such a significant emotional event there, I just can't do it. I just can't bring myself going back to that. There's just too many, yes. too much trauma I experienced there emotionally, and, and he understood that, but... Uh, but I'm currently right now driving um, for Freedom Village. Nice. And, uh, I, I basically am doing well. Thank you, Dan Jennies, former Holland Hospital patient, of course now out uh, living life to the fullest, as you were before, but uh, a little, little hesitation, uh, blip in the in your life. I never know. Cody Hoger, hi. Thank you for you. How do we find out more about Holland Hospital's cardiology and vascular exercise program, if you would, Cody? Yeah, um, if you're looking for any more information on the Holland Hospital Cardiology and Vascular Services, you can always go to hollandhospital.org backslash cardiology or talk to your doctor, whether it's cardiologist or your primary care. Thank you. It's all exercise today. No looking back. We look forward. Thank you both. Thank you. Let's continue our conversation of 
taking care of your heart and, of course, uh, uh, perhaps raising funds for those who take care of your heart. It's this Thursday. I bet there's still room for you to attend the Grand Rapids Go Red for Women Luncheon, of course, commemorating a very important centennial year for the American Heart Association. So let's turn to you, Amy Staley, West Michigan board member of the American Heart Association, past Go Red for Women Share. You're a big deal. Good morning, Amy. Oh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. Can't talk enough about certainly the heart uh, as I I trust it's still the number one killer heart disease for men and women. Uh, yes, it is. For, for women, it, it is the leading uh, disease, heart disease, uh, more so than all the cancers put together. So, so it's important, uh, and let's move to that. This year, your organization commemorates 20 years of Go Red for Women and 100 years of saving life and pioneering scientific discoveries. How important is this statement, Amy? Well, it is important because the fundraising that we do uh, goes to the research and uh, new cutting-edge techniques for not only women but the men as well for cardiovascular disease. So, um, yeah, we, we rely upon um, our funds in order to move that needle and to close any uh, clinical care gaps that we need to. Thank you. What is happening Thursday, please? Thursday is Grand Rapids uh, Go Red uh, for Women Luncheon. It will be at the Watermark Country Club, and uh, it will begin at 1030. You can see... Um, all the information on the website, and we'll talk about that later. However, uh, there's a silent auction that you can actually contribute to right now. You can see what the wonderful packages are, as well as uh, we have a Go Red survivor that will uh, be telling her story. She is a mom who actually had an aortic dissection while she was pregnant. So not only did we have mom to think about, we had baby to think about at the time. So I guess uh, many of us, when we think heart and and worst case scenarios, we think typical heart attack, but other uh, 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 ways to uh, put a pause in our life happen. And yes, it looks like your special survivor, uh, Amanda uh, Bannock, 35 weeks pregnant, experienced this aortic, uh, aortic dissection, which required immediate surgery while delivering her first child. So uh, glad that we will hear for her and probably tear up. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, they, it's a really intimate story that uh, she will share, and uh, she will share just um, how scared she was that uh, she may not see her child. But uh, due to what we know and through our research and um, things that we can do now, um, she's here with us. What are you requesting we do now? I'm going to follow up with that. So what I'd like to do or I'd like to see is if you could uh, go to Grand Rapids, uh, Go Red for Women, you can see uh, where you can purchase tickets. You can also see our mission, our vision, all on this website, as well as uh, go to the auction item. So um, I I listened to uh, the gentleman before me that came on, and all of those things that they said, as I I feel that uh, uh, this is what we uh, represent for Go Women, Go Red. And um, so we're going to carry that on for Thursday's event. 
Heart.org slash Grand Rapids Go Red. I personally will be there and uh, looking forward to raising funds and friends. Looks like you will have uh, uh, Nancy Schwaller, Vice President of the Frederick Meyer Heart and Vascular Institute for Coral Health, chairing uh, the event uh, to give us some good words. Yes, she is our fearless leader uh, for this Go Red event. Uh, we have um, um, a, a wonderful board that has put this program together along with the silent auctions and all of these individuals um, have uh, had some type of story in regards to cardiovascular issues amongst themselves. So they are uh, firm believers and hard workers for the American Heart Association. And, of course, uh, all those dollars go right back into the programming uh, that the American Heart Association West Michigan does, and I know uh, big on research as well. Absolutely, yes. It, it is vital for research. Uh, you know, research can change like the, the, the um, water can flow. Uh, so, yes, it is vital for research, vital for new techniques. And uh, as, as women go through various stages of life, we need to match that research as to what that woman is going through. And again, celebrating uh, anniversaries as far as the uh, 100th anniversary, I trust, of AHA in general. Oh, yes. It's the 100th year of uh, American Heart Association. I don't know if people really understand how long we've been around. But uh, yes, we have been at this for quite some time. Uh, but this event for the Go Red Luncheon uh, was an, uh, an initiative just uh, the past 20 years. And it has really blossomed. You hear people speak of it. Yes, I, I've been to that. I want to go back. Uh, the stories are really compelling. And uh, they desire to hear more about what we're doing and how those uh, funds are being applied to research. And you're holding it on Leap Day. Yes, yes, we are. Just as important as any other day, for sure. Yes, 10.30 in the morning, Watermark Country Club, where uh, uh, you might want to wear red. Yes, red red would be a really good option for that day. And again, if the energy in the room is just so high, if, uh, if you do not come back from that uh, location and um, stories, I don't know what. Because, again, I know there will most likely be a shout-out uh, look around the room. I don't know if we're still one at eight or one at six or how many women are involved, but probably someone uh, at our table will have been diagnosed or will be diagnosed with heart disease. Oh, absolutely. We, we all have stories. I have a personal story. Many of us have personal stories. Mm-hmm. Are we glad you're still here? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, it was a story and I don't mind saying this or stating this, but I had uh, an episode of atrial fibrillation. I self-diagnosed, I'm a nurse. I felt it uh, in the night, I'm pretty well attuned, in tune to this and uh, went to um, Corwell Blodgett. They took care of me. Um, I was cardioverted, and I was out of there in three hours. And uh, I maintained my, my exercise, my diet, and it was just um, a situation that really came out of the blue. Live life to the fullest, but again, um, recognize uh, the issues, and I know we will be uh, uh, educated to the basics and more this 
Thursday. It'll be a big day. It's the Grow Red for, Go Red for Women luncheon, February 29th. Yes, at the beautiful Watermark. Tickets at heart.org grand, slash Grand Rapids Go Red. Uh, will you get to speak at all or do we'll see you in the... Well, you've already been there, done that. I've already done that. However, I will be there to greet you and to chat with you and to just uh, walk around and say welcome. I uh, would love to have you. And you mentioned the silent auction, important and on uh, yes. online now. It is online now. You can also participate uh, uh, within that silent auction while you're there, but uh, the bidding starts now, and you can get a, a wonderful idea of what those items are. And I'm sure all the dollars bid go right back into the American Heart Association, West Michigan. They do. I should say all of our uh, individuals who have given us items have donated all of the items. So then um, all the proceeds, yes, will go towards the American Heart Association. Thank you for you. We'll see you Thursday. It's always a great event. Thank you, Thank you very much for your leadership, Amy Staley, West Michigan board member of the American Heart Association, West Michigan, past Go Red for Women chair. Big deal. Take care. Applause, applause. That <laughs> caught your attention. Caught mine. I'm being entertained thanks to Jonathan Cordero. Because we're talking all things the band Cordero. There's a new single that's just been released. We'll hear that as we go out. We'll hear more from you, Jonathan. That's not bad, having a band named after you. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you. I, I take after you. Oh. Okay, well, we, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we we can't deny that. Uh, be careful what you wish for, and the hard work uh, pays off. That's right. Who is Jonathan Cordero? Yeah, um, well, I, um, <clears throat> uh, I'm a musician here in the West Michigan area, and um, I am from Florida originally, but I moved up here um, in 2003, actually, to uh, pursue um, gospel music. And um, that's kind of how I've um, blossomed into, yeah, this career that I'm in right now um, and uh, found some friends to 
do some music with. Um, so we've been playing now for a while now, and um, yeah, it's called the band Cordero, and we're out of the Holland area. What are you playing? Uh, In general, what's your style? Oh, yeah, yeah. Our genre is mainly about pop rock. Yep, pop rock. Um, just kind of uh, good vibes, good energy. Um, try to be real with our lyrics, um, but something that is singable and people can kind of um, catch on to it quickly. Are you writing much of the music? Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, I love to write music. I love uh, writing songs. And so me and another guy at the moment are um, the main collaborators um, of the songwriting when it comes to the songwriting part of it. Um, another band member he, who's actually our sound engineer. Not a lot of band members have a sound engineer um, not on the platform. So it's five of us on, on stage, um, and he's behind the soundboard making us sound good. So his name is Christian. And so him and I go a long way back. Um, the rest of the band, some of them write as well. Um, and then we also... Uh, produce the music together. Great. Where do you play in general? Yeah, um, well, we've been a band for about two years, and so we're starting to branch out, but um, it's been mainly in the West Michigan area. This last year, we, we branched out to Gaylord. Um, we went out to Marshall. Um, shout out to Kathy over in Marshall. We opened up for David Cook, um, and so that was a lot of fun, but a lot of kind of your, your city, your summer um, city uh, concert venues, um, and things like that. So it's been a lot of fun. Fun is important. When did you pick up your first guitar? Yeah, good question. I was um, eight years old. So I started learning to play guitar. My cousin, um, Eric Rios, he, uh, he was a musician. My whole mom's side of the family um, in Costa Rica, they're all musicians. And so um, they all, my aunts and uncles pulled their money together when I was eight years old for Christmas and got me my first, uh, junior sized classical guitar. And that was, uh, the beginning of, of my, of music for me. Beginning of the road to success. Well, I want to, so, uh, certainly here, uh, what did you, first of all, would you just play for us? Yeah, no, that was just a little clip of, um, a song that we do that is one of ours called Drive Me Wild. Well, I'm going to hear another one, but we'll end with why one of the reasons why we are talking just released. I still love you. Tell me about this. Yeah, oh, we we're uh, we're so excited for this release. It's been um, uh, probably a year in the making, almost a year now. Um, but we started writing it um, a couple of years ago, and really, it's it's the idea of when when love is good, when love is true love, that is absolutely worth fighting for. Um, I've been married to the love of my life, Katie, um, for almost 19 years now. And of course, in 19 years, you go through ups and downs. There's good times and there's valleys, right? Um, and so this song is a little bit of a reflection of that style of journey. Um, but um, you, you fight for it when it's, when it's good and when it's true. So, um, and, and we wanted something that's kind of fun and, and energetic. So that's what this song is about. Stand by. Again, uh, as we say our goodbyes, we'll go out with I Still Love You. Play me something now. What do you want to play uh, for just a, yeah, I can a play, tease? Uh, a, yeah, a little acoustic version of that song. Oh, that's good. Is that all right? <clears throat> all right. Life It can feel like It's pulling us apart But we fight to stay together Time It can feel like 
those moments passing by It's hard to see forever Cause they may say How love won't you by surprise and help your heart remember love it changes everything when you finally realize you make each other better cause I am yours applause again uh, my own concert here uh, probably singing <laughs> to your wife on that one uh, Jonathan Cordero with us with the band Cordero I mean have you wonderful again we'll be going out with uh, uh, a, a bit more from that but uh, I did did your wife I mean obviously you're talking to your wife with, yeah, with this, yeah. Yes. Well, this song is family, about, but or? as a songwriter, yeah, you kind of you get all kinds of inspiration from different people's lives, um, stories, um, and all that kind of thing. But, but yeah, th- I was definitely thinking of my wife when I wrote uh, this. Nice, one. described as a heartfelt narrative about resilience and love, captivating blend of emotive storytelling and infectious melodies. You've got a good PR uh, agent. Tell me, uh, uh, so here we are. You've released this single, "I Still Love You." Now, what? Uh, where do we go to find out more? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, you can listen to the song um, on any streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, YouTube. Um, but you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, at the band Cordero. So if you just uh, search at the band Cordero, C-O-R-D-E-R-O, 
Um, you should be able to find us again on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube coming on TikTok soon. That's <laughs> what we do. Jonathan, here we are, end of February. Do you play uh, uh, in March at all? Yeah, um, at the moment we don't have um, any any gigs lined up in spring, and that's because we're kind of studio rats at the moment, uh, making some more music and um, kind of gearing up for the rest of the year. But we have um, some stuff coming up um, at the beginning. Well, toward the end of May, we'll be actually at Bell's oh. um, in Kalamazoo, and then the next day, this is uh, May twenty fourth, that weekend. Um, the next day, we'll be at the Pyramid Scheme, and we're actually. Um, um, doing um, a, co a collaboration with another band called the um, the Lighting Matches and doing a '90s night uh, evening. So you come dress as '90s, listen to your favorite '90s music, um, and it's going to be yeah, a bunch of fun. Man, what are we wear in the '90s? I don't know. <laughs> I still love you is your latest release. Congratulations to you, Jonathan. Thank you, Cordero. We'll be going out with a, uh, uh, your another version of I Still Love You. So keep up your obviously your great work, and uh, we'll see you out and about. Appreciate you. Thank you. Your inspiration for this day of voting, according to Martin Luther King Jr., faith is taking the first step, even when you can't see the whole staircase. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great day. I'm Shelley Irwin.